Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. Had a great episode today with Anna Merrill. We talked a lot about, um, t- I mean, a ton of different things. I think one of the coolest things that we talked about was uh, um, things that we practice, or, or excuse me, things that we preach that we don't really practice uh, necessarily ourselves. That is towards the end of the episode. Um, we also touch on binge eating, uh, cheat meals, nutrition. Uh, we touch on one of the bigger things we touch on is the CrossFit controversy. Why does it have a bad rep? Um, what does it need to do to improve? Uh, so if you want to listen to any of those topics, make sure you tune into this episode. Uh, you guys can find Anna uh, on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is at Anna Merrill Fitness, A-N-N-A-M-E-R-R-I-L-L Fitness. Uh, so you can find her there on Instagram. I am on Instagram as well, Adam underscore Pullman Fit. Um, and she and I will be posting a question box every once in a while to gather questions to talk about here on the show. So um, I know usually you ask questions uh, to get responses from me, but if you want to get a female's perspective, um, that will be your opportunity there. So make sure you follow her, shoot her a DM if you have any questions, uh, things like that. So that is all I've got. Uh, without further ado, here we are with Anna Merrill. Um, but yeah, so people ask you to how much water they should be drinking every day. Mm-hmm. What do you? What are some like? What are the guidelines that you recommend? I say an ounce per body weight. Whoa! Holy crap! That's a lot. If you're doing physical activity. Yeah, I but I think some people. I mean, there's definitely individual variants. I think some people excrete, you know, less sodium and stuff like that through sweat anyway. You know, but man, that's a lot of freaking water. See, Holy and I need crap. more, and I do more. I drink more than that. I need more than that, right. though. But that's um, what I'm saying. Like that's a rare case. You know, well, I don't yeah. know how rare it is, but. I would say not too many people go to the, are hospitalized because it's like this person <laughs> is getting rid of so much water. They need to just drink it 24-7. And I've also had someone, I won't name any names, that was like, could I be hospitalized for drinking too much water? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, you would have to go. You'd have to I've go. I've read you... about it because <laughs> I was like, there's no way. And I looked it up and I was like. I got sick from to... it once. From drinking too much water? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. My friends still make fun of me today for it. But I'm dead serious. I would make fun of me. I'm going to make fun of you right now. No. <laughs> No, no, there's no way. I drink sometimes two gallons of water, and I'm never. Yeah, but it's different for everybody. That's what I'm saying. Look it up. You can definitely get. You can. I know you can. I know you can. I know you can. I've looked it up, but it's in very. You just feel like for you, it's not possible because you're downing freaking three of these gallons a day or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. My gosh, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, I'm behind. But um, going back to morning routine, like I wake up and have greens, Mm -hmm. and I do BCAs with my greens. And I drink. Love those BCAAs. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. But I do 16 ounces like of that immediately. Yeah. I do. The Are you talking like a green, like a, yeah. like a powder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I do apple cider vinegar and lemon juice with eight ounces of hot water. Okay. And then. This is like some mama juju stuff. I got to keep track of all this in my head. Right. And then I have a coffee. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I just already had like 32 ounces. I was going to say. You to had, start yeah. my day. Yeah. Before I've even <laughs> had any Louise. food. So, yeah. That's. Okay. How long have you been doing that? I haven't been consistent with the lemon juice and apple cider vinegar, but okay. Um, what are you What are you doing those for? Digestion. Oh. Kickstart digestion. So love it. How long? You don't remember how long? You, I don't even. Know no, I haven't, I haven't been consistent. You haven't been consistent. So have that. you noticed change from it, or do you feel like you need to be more? I consistent? I need to be more consistent to notice the change. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's so many variables, right? Like that affects 
all of that. So. Yeah, of course. But that's yeah. one of the reasons, like I was saying, I want to get someone on the show that's like an expert in gut health, yeah. which hopefully this gut check summit, this gut health summit will help me shake some hands with people who can be on here because I'm not, neither of us are experts in that at all. And they are, yeah. you know, but it, I mean, it is, it is for sure. One of the, I don't know if you lack of a better word, one of the up and coming topics in health and fitness is like the gut microbiome and yes, just medicine in general, really kind of everything. It's really, I mean, I'm reading a book on it right now and it's pretty fascinating, but what still, book? what book you got? Uh, it's what, called what brain, it's called brain check. And I, I totally forget the author's name, but it is, um, it is about how the gut microbiome affects um, brain health. So it's not just gut microbiome specifically specifically for the body. It's specifically for the brain and how I'm only like, I don't know, a chapter in. But basically you have all these different, um, you know, uh, groups of different type of gut bacteria. And each of them affect certain parts of your body differently. And so this book is supposed to be about um, the food that you eat that really changes and manipulates the gut bacteria that um, has a reaction with your brain, right? And it's more centered around, um, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia, and things like that. Um, So, I mean, because obviously that's, those are some of the diseases, the neurological disorders that people are freaking out about nowadays. You know, 30, 40 years ago, it was heart disease, and now everybody's freaking out about the brain. So they're just trying to figure out, you know, what are all the factors playing into this, these neurological disorders, because we don't have any answers right now. We're getting there, you know. But anyway, so that's yeah. been super interesting. Um, I need to read that more now that we've been talking about it. I've been lazy. Right? Like, it, I feel like this is always a check-in of, like, need, need, need to be reading more. Yep. need to be on top of my habits. And yep. 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 It's definitely uh, – it's a good Stay check-in. Stay accountable. Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a good check-in for sure. Um, so we were just discussing questions that we were going to talk about. CrossFit. 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 So what was it? So tell me what the question was that this person sent in. Why does CrossFit have a bad reputation? Why does CrossFit have a bad? I'm just grinning right now. I guess. <laughs> Are you gonna go off? No. Are you gonna go off? No. I'm just curious to see what we talk about. I mean, it's a good question because I think I think if it was asked, you know, whatever five years ago, then I mean, that's when the controversy was huge. I definitely think CrossFit has definitely um, improved its honor. <laughs> In the last few years, um, as far as getting into wrap-up. But you're in the CrossFit realm. So, yes. I mean, you – I mean, what is your answer to this question? Um, well, I'm going to be honest and say before I ever got into CrossFit, before I became a CrossFit coach, like, I had my reservations myself of, like, mm. my brother, I'm going to be honest, he went in, he's in CrossFit first time, okay. did snatch. Yeah. Almost without his shoulder. For people listening that don't know what a snatch is, explain that. Um, a barbell moving up from the ground, dipping under it, arms are out, hands are out wide, extending. Arms locked. Arms locked right. overhead. Okay. Shoulders ground down. So, so yeah, he, yeah, he though injured his shoulder and was like, well, never doing that again. Right. Ever. Right. Ever. And it's because of things like that, that sure. it does. Get now, a bad rep- and like coming from my background, I was like, why the hell? Why the hell are you doing snatch when you've never done anything like that before ever in your life? You just came off the street very first time. Like that's what I was going to ask. What was his, what's his exercise history or what was his exercise? He's history? lifted some, but has never done an Olympic lift. Like right. right. Ever. Right. Ever. So why was he doing a snatch? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and that was my problem. And I think that's the, one of the biggest reasons why CrossFit has a bad reputation. And yeah. it depends on coaching. Um, it depends on where you go. Um, and 
part of the reason why I'm at Fort Collins Athlete Factory is because of how things are organized and run where if it's your first time, there is no way you are going to be allowed to do a snatch. Right. Not in, not ever. Not hope, Nobody would, walking would in would be so. allowed to. Right. I would hope so. Right. And so that's part of the reason why I'm there um, because okay. it's set up to keep people safe. Um, and so, yes, going into whether I was going into CrossFit or not, I had those reservations and I was like, from yeah, an injury standpoint, that's that's a big thing, um, keeping people yeah, safe. Of course. And then also, yeah, you're doing workouts you're, until you're fatigued, right. and likely your form's gonna start to go as you get fatigued. Sure. Yes. So I had my reservations as well moving into it. Um it's a balance. It's people that have experience and that are teaching you correctly. It's progression, it's getting mechanics technique down first consistency then moving on as all other things right and that's what i think it comes down to like you could have a good personal trainer or a bad personal trainer yeah absolutely right and you right. can walk into a crossfit box and have a good coach or a bad coach like right it depends who you're trusting and putting your safety your your safety into their hands right but right yeah. I, I, I mean i would totally agree i think <clears throat> like you said the first the, when it first came out and was first a huge thing somehow it well i don't know most things do this but the average general population started consuming it and seeing it as a great way for them to get in shape, right? So then similar to your brother, even your brother might have been even more advanced than most people that first tried right. to get into it. You know, you have Susie May, who is 50 pounds overweight. She's 55 years old. And we've got someone, one, we're telling her to jump over a barbell or snatch something over her head or do some sort of clean and she can barely even do a box jump, you know, or even step up without falling over, you know. So we have those type of people coming in because it's a it's a vigorous workout. Like you said, you're burning a butt ton of calories, especially for the people who are new to it. People are dropping weight like crazy. Oh, I'm going to go try this new modality of training. Right. But just like anything else, it is a skill. It'd be, it'd be the same thing. I think it's it's a sport, an extreme sport that requires plenty of skill and plenty of practice to become at the very least, okay at it. Right. You know, so it'd yeah. be the same thing as someone saying, I want to get in uh, really good shape, so I'm going to go throw some pads on and, and play football. It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. You're going to get yourself killed out there, you know? Um, whereas that is a sport that requires a lot of skill and practice and um, and dedication. <clears throat> so I think that's the reason, obviously, like you touched on, that it got such a bad rap, bad, um, rap so far. But over the last few years, it has definitely gotten better. Like you mentioned, going to Fort Collins Athlete Factory, um, the way the instructors would handle things there is not the same as it once was when CrossFit first came out and all those people got a bad rep. So my question then is, what should people be looking for if they want to start CrossFit? Let's say, let's say they are this person that is out of shape and just wants to get in shape and they want to go into CrossFit. What are some things that they should be looking out for um, in terms of uh, their safety and making sure that the coach, the facility has um, their safety in their, in, in their best interest? Um, experience. Experience for sure. Um, that's what Justin has. Crap load of experience. Olympic weightlifting experience right. as well and coaching, powerlifting coaching. So he has all that, all those tools under his belt as long with, along with Jess, who is the other coach. Um, okay. And she's been to regionals and she's been doing CrossFit for 12 years. Um, Before it was cool. Yes. Yes. So, yes, as opposed to 
immediately trusting me. You should trust me, but right. You know, but I am working with other people that have more experience as well. But if you go into a gym where it's just a level one trainer, I would, I would right. question that gym. Um, sure. So when you go into a gym that has the highest level of standard in the CrossFit world and CrossFit education and has all the experience, mm-hmm. to go there. And, and that's and, what makes it tough too, because the Justins and what did you say the other instructor's name was? Jess. Jess? They were level one trainers at some point, yes. you know, like everybody starts somewhere. So, I mean, if someone does go to a gym and they are, they have a level one trainer, maybe a, I don't know what the levels are like, but they have a level one trainer. What are some things that they should be looking out for? Because I mean, it, we can't just say, ignore all the people who are new. Cause we, ha- they have to have experience to get there. And like you said, they can be trusted and they should be trusted. But what are some things that you that we can decipher? Like if I was going to an, into a CrossFit gym and this person was a level one instructor. Like me. Yeah. What? If yeah. You came well, to my class. I'm a level right. one. Right. So object objectively looking at yourself as an instructor, what are some things that I would want to be looking out for to make sure that you are taking care of me, even though you might not have as much experience as someone like Justin or Jess? I'm not forcing you into the full workout right away. Okay. I would say is a huge thing. Right. Um, not into the RX workout when you're brand new. Like RX. What is that? So in CrossFit. Prescribed? For, yes. For okay. anyone that's unfamiliar with CrossFit. <laughs> I feel like that's something you definitely should have known, but for everyone else listening. There are a lot of things yes. I should know that I probably don't. CrossFit has Ooh. workouts of the day, wads that are sure. prescribed or RXed. Um, and then from there you can scale it. And so you should 100%, if you're brand new to CrossFit, should be scaling the workout. No matter what experience you have come in, that the instructor should be able to set you up with a workout that is not fully RX. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. no reason you should be forced into or pushed into doing any brand new movements that you're not used to with weight and right. Yeah. So if um if I'm going into a gym, because <clears throat> one of the other reasons that I think it's gotten a bad rep is because at first when it first came out, it was treated like a just a boot camp class where you're coming to do a high intensity workout mm-hmm. and you're burning a lot of calories and you have one coach for 20 to 30 people. And then you also have the Olympic Olympic lifts and things like that. So what would you That's feel I mean. is a good ratio, you know, from from instructor to student? Because way I, smaller than that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So what I mean, what do you think is a good fit? Both from your perspective as a student and then your perspective of an instruct of an instructor as well. Um from a student standpoint, so we cap our classes at twelve. Okay. Um one coach for every twelve people. Okay. And that's so large class. Right. So, um, and that is the max, no matter what. I was like, gonna say that's yeah. That's hands down, like no no exceptions. That's okay. it. Um, to keep people safe to be able to watch everybody. So um yeah, walking into it, if there's twenty people in your class, that might you might right. have some questions right, right away. So um at the same time, like coaches are going to be with somebody that's new and shadowing them and being by them a lot more than everyone else clearly sure. to keep you safe. Um, so yes. Let's say. Yeah. I mean, and, and obviously I'm not in CrossFit, but I do teach a lot of boot camp classes. And as far as an instructor watching over a group of people, it's pretty similar. And so I would advise people to one, if, if you don't know what to do or exactly how to do it, don't let the fear of being the only person that's just standing there take over and just la- allow you to jump into it anyway. You're going to get yourself hurt. Yes. You know, be patient. Take your time. You know, imp- 
impressing yourself by just throwing a bunch of weights around incorrectly and getting yourself hurt, you're getting your shoulder torn or whatever it is, is not worth the five minutes you would have spent just waiting, you know, to see what to do and how to do it right. Just wait. Or asking. Right. Or just ask. Yeah. Just ask. Just ask. ask. Right. So, um, yeah, what's your what's your ratio for boot camp? Um, I mean, at Brickhouse, we have uh, – well, at first we were limited. We, we could only do – I think we allowed 15 because the first studio was so small. But now um, we're up to 25 is the cap mm-hmm. uh, on, our, on our app as far as people that can actually sign up. Mm-hmm. A few times we've had 30. But I would say in my classes, um, we have an average of 8 to 15 – something like that people every single day. And it's, I mean, even without Olympic lifts, it's, it becomes challenging, you know, because there are half of those people in that class. I don't even want them doing a box jump because they can't, they can't even jump onto a six inch platform without, you know, pronating their ankles, their feet, their knees are caving in and all their knee joints are taking all of the stress, you know? So it's like, I can't, you know, even that, you know, it's not something I want everybody to be doing. So to take that to an Olympic lifting level, you know, it only just scales up. You got to be really careful, but yeah, that's the ratio that we have in those classes usually. Right, but then you take somebody to step ups or like mm-hmm. there's always something else they right. can do you to have keep to them scale. safe. And right, and it's to. not like that's that's a good point because it's not like as an instructor, if someone asks me, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this, I'm not just going to say like, oh, well, that's the exercise. You're just going to have to wait right. until the round's up and do the next exercise. No, I, as a good instructor, I'm going to have modifications for you. Yes. Because I want you to, one, I want you to enjoy it. I want you to get the most you can out of it and I want you to come back. Right. And that's what it is. I mean, CrossFit is coming in and pushing yourself and your own limits, not what anyone else is doing. Yes, right. you are there. You're all getting a good workout. But whether you're doing it scaled or you're doing RX, like you're going to be pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think a lot of it also comes down to self, like accountability, like letting the ego go, which is hard. Right? Very like, hard. Yeah, especially well, if, especially if you're a competitive person too. Yes. So when you get into CrossFit and you're competitive and you have a amount of certain amount of time yeah. and you have somebody next to you that's pushing harder, like you're gonna push harder, mm-hmm. which is amazing because sometimes you'll push past your own thresholds or any limits you had in your head, and you'll exceed your own expectations. But other times you're putting yourself at risk. Right. And there's also a very big difference between your 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 limits as far as exertion and how much your body can do versus your mechanical limits. You yes. have to decipher between those two because once one goes higher, the other one is going to go lower, you know? Yeah. And so, sure, you're not as exhausted as maybe the person next to you is, but their form's fantastic and yours is looking like shit. Yes. You know, and you're just going to – So, it's <laughs> again, yeah, having the mechanics in place, then consistency, and then stepping up your intensity. Right. And, right. Yeah. So, what are some things that CrossFit – do you th- is there anything that you think CrossFit can continue doing to make sure that it um, – for the lack of a better word, redeems itself from the bad reputation it had, you know, years ago. I think having people that are aware and wanting people, I don't know how to correctly say it, to get a good workout at their own level, whereas like even at our gym, there's three different levels, three different workouts already in place. Oh, okay. I see so what you're saying. So as opposed to you coming in and just having like, here's our X version, like, and then let's scale it depending on your ability. Right. No, there's already three workouts written out. Depending on where you're at. And we're starting from there. Yeah. And when you're a new student, you're put on a track. So you, it's then you follow that track, that workout every time you come in. So it's not, oh, today I feel like doing it like the full variation. Today I feel like doing uh, it scaled. It's like, no, you're on this track. No questions asked. Like, this is where you're going to start until 
we build the strength or something changes in your lifestyle where you want to move up. So what does that look like from an instructor standpoint? Do, 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 does that student have to have a conversation with the instructor and say, Hey, I think I'm ready. And we say, okay, I don't think you are. How does that work? If I'm at, you know, the lower tier, the lower modification, mm-hmm. and I want to work up to the middle, how do I prove to one myself and to you as the instructor that I'm ready for that? Um, I would say it's going to be time and consistency, but also at the same, somebody may not move up to the middle. You may stay at the bottom uh-huh. for a very long time. Sure. Because you still can get a good workout. I could still get a good workout at the lowest one. Right. No matter what. Right. Like, it's all about pushing yourself how hard you're going to push yourself at that level. Um, so it comes down to basically more of if your goals have changed. Um, whereas like the open track, so that's the RX track that we have, mm-hmm. um, it's for anybody that's wanting to compete. So okay. you are doing the Olympic lifts. You have spent the time in Ole classes. You have mastered like the progressions, the consistency, the time. Like right. You've put all that in. And so you are competing. You're wanting to compete in CrossFit competitions. And so you're on the open track. So for somebody that's coming in, hey, I want to get a good workout, you're not going to be on that track. Sure. So, but there's going to be a workout that's written for you right. for a long time, and it's going to be just about pushing yourself. Right. But then if they want to go, let's say they do want to start competing, what are the things that you're going to look at as an instructor to see if they're ready or not? Consistency. So, okay. and technique. Like, right. Are you? So is that just like, okay, based on the, based on the technique you've had in my classes, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing about CrossFit. Like one of the biggest takeaways is community and that, Every, the instructors know, all the coaches know every single person in their gym. And they know who they are mentally, emotionally. Right. It's like, a tight-knit group. Yes, it's a very <laughs> tight-knit group. And so you know how they're going to respond Like once you add more pressure, you add more weight, or you add a new skill. Like, I see you what know you're how saying. you're going right. to respond. And they know that individual very well. Yes, and we like we have weekly meetings, and we all talk. And like yes, okay. if something like that were to come up, it's like, hey, are they ready? Or okay. we need to spend some more time working on some of the technique. Right. So and in order to make that happen, you do have to have small class sizes because, you know, if you have 30 students, not even from a safety standpoint, but it's just understanding them. You know, you can only see so much when there's that many people going on. So right. that's I mean, that makes a lot of sense. OK, that's good to know. Um, and I do want to touch on the yeah, other go, big, yeah, big go. thing of CrossFit that I'm surprised you haven't brought up the, the kipping pull up. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's like that's the big. That's what it's been known for. Yeah. Like as far as craziness. like controversy and like controversy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The most controversial part sure. of CrossFit probably. Um, yeah. I want to hear what, what do you have to say about the kipping pull up? What are your thoughts, Adam? <clears throat> um, I mean, same as all the other stuff. It's a very it's a it's a skill. It's a technical move that um, the competitions that you are competing in are based on that specific movement. Do I think that. It is more beneficial than an actual pull-up? No. But in terms of how it's being used, you got to do it that way. You know, in if order to... If you're having open-minded... Of like, course. Of course. Viewpoint on it. Yeah. Like, so how... So just, just to make sure I'm on the right track here, how are those judged in competitions? By the, the, technique getting your chin, getting over, chin the over the bar? Getting chin over the bar. Yes. Right. So is, is it a timed thing? Mm-hmm. Right. Usually, so yeah. if I do a regular... Right. So if I do a regular pull-up staying um, perpendicular with the floor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am not going to get my chin up enough times over the bar. Right? And no. I'm, to win. No. I might get like four, <laughs> you right. know, depending on who you are. But that's – I mean, that's another technique that you would use. I mean, it's the, similar, it's the same thing in any other sport. It's like saying, okay, if you were going to – I'll use football again, for example, and you're going to block someone that is trying to get your quarterback. Uh, instead of hitting them right square with the shoulders, you're going to scoop under their – guard to push them up off the floor 
because it's, it's more advantageous. Right. right. It's more advantageous. It's, it it allows you to get the job done that you are trying to get done. And that's why, yeah, the keeping pull-ups is to move through more efficiently. Right. Like, yes. Right. And so it's a different thing. Like for people, there's a lot of people that are like, the keeping pull-up is not a pull-up. No, it's not. Right. We're not here to say it is a pull-up. Like, right. It's different. Like you're going to get more strength. Greg Glassman has come out and said you're going to have more strength doing a strict pull-up. But doing kipping pull-up is once you've mastered that strength, once you have strict pull-ups, right. then you move on to kipping pull-up. Once those mechanics are in place, that strength is in place, then you move on to kipping and yes. Absolutely. Like the only time I would say I would, I would question what they're doing is, you know, if it's someone in the gym that has pull-ups prescribed and they need to get 8 to 10, so what they do is they swing like that in order to get 8 to 10, then it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're taking the purpose out of the exercise. Right. The purpose of you doing 8 to 10 is to build your strength. Not to just get eight to ten in a certain amount of time. So you know, add a band or right. use a use a um, an assisted machine to get there. You know, so it's all about it's all about context. And I'm definitely I, I'm I'm always open to that. Do I like to tease it every once in a while? Of course I do. <laughs> but it's all about the context because if it's being used appropriately, it, it's the way, it's the way you have to use it in order to do your best at that at that sport at that competition at that meet whatever you want to call it. Yes, and like I mean, I ran into the example of rowing. Like right. if you're on a rowing machine, how fast are you going to want to move? And like, it's a different workout than doing a barbell row, barbell row. You're building strength. Like they're right. two different things. Exactly. I mean, you could look at the snatch, for example, the same thing there. Like you could look at a, a clean and jerk. Well, why don't you just do a reverse curl, bring it up to your chin and then press it overhead and then squat. Cause that's inefficient. You know, yeah. if you're trying to get all that weight up, you're going to want to use that power that you push through the floor. You're going to want to use your, um, your explosive movement from the bottom up. Because that's going to allow you to move that to move the most amount of weight. Yes. And balance it at the top instead of okay. First, I'm going to do a curl, and then I'm going to figure out how to press this massive weight overhead. It's just inefficient. Yes. So you have to look at the context. Yes, efficiency. So, so. Um, but another. Th do you have anything else on CrossFit before we go on? No, just no. the pull up. Just I the mean, pull -up. I, I had one friend that like went in and did CrossFit, <clears throat> and he can do strict, strict pull ups. Right. And that was part of the workout, and so he was doing like just strict pull ups, and other people were blowing past him, and he's like. Why is everybody moving faster? And then right. the coach came over and was like, you have the strength. Here's how to do a kipping pull-up. And he was like, you mean cheating? And he's like, no, I mean to be more efficient. And he was right. like, cheating. And he like refused to do it. Because he like, misunderstood the purpose of those pull-ups. It wasn't to, once like like I said, get stronger. It was to get through the workout. Get, yeah. Yes. Right. So. Right. I mean, yeah. one of the one of the immediate thoughts is, uh, um, it's like baseball. Like, you don't, in baseball, you can take a lead off the base in order to get to the second base sooner when the ball is yeah. hit or when you steal the base. It's not cheating. It's what you're allowed to do in order to get to the next base sooner. There's a consequence for it, you know, if you get picked off or something. Right. You know, but you have to do that in order to be more efficient in what you're trying to get done. Yes. So it's all about that Efficiency. context. Yep. Um, another thing that you brought up earlier this week when we were talking was the, uh, the mindset thing. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, quote, I deserve it mentality. What, how do you how do you feel about that? What do you want to discuss when it comes to that mentality? Um, God, I don't know where I want to go um, because I went like five different directions with it. So it basically came up. It'll go where it wants to. That's the beauty of the podcast. You just keep talking <laughs> and your voice just takes you wherever you want to go. It came up basically that um, I just saw somebody on social media chugging beers and saying, because I deserve this. Ugh. And it immediately the of like beers makes me want to yak everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Side note. Yeah, side note. Side outside note. of my physical reaction to right. being like, ugh, like, and just feeling like frustrated, incredibly frustrated, and like, why? Why was I having literally a physical response to just reading that? Right. 
Um, and at first, like, my first response was, like, who do they think they are? Like, why are they entitled to this? Like, you're not entitled to anything. Like, mm-hmm. you're not a victim. Your life isn't so hard that you deserve to be chugging beer. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what went through my mind at <clears throat> first. Um, then continue to talk to a few other people about it. Talk to you, a couple others, and sort through my own thoughts. And this whole, I deserve it. I deserve a vacation. I deserve the cheat meal. Um, it becomes a justification for your behavior. Like, it's validation for whatever it is that you're doing. Instead of saying, like, I'm not being disciplined or I'm making this choice or I choose to do this, it's I deserve this. Sure. And, yeah, it's kind of a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. To- yeah, I see two – my initial thoughts, <clears throat> I see two, um, two things that come up as far as a wrong train of thought. So the first thing that I think of is – like you mentioned, you are not entitled to that one thing. I think if you were to use the correct word that you are trying to express is, I earned this. I got this workout in, so I earned this donut. Sure. But going to my second thing, I think the danger there is you are then shifting the reason you are doing certain things towards something that isn't extremely, uh, at the end of the day, beneficial for your health. So this habit, when it's repeated over and over and over and over, you will begin, you might not recognize it, but your subconscious will begin thinking, okay, I am working out so I can earn that donut later. Versus, Which people do all the time. Right. Versus I am working out so I can earn better health. And there's nothing wrong with wanting a donut or a beer or a slice of pizza when you feel that you've earned it. But you just have to, you have to acknowledge what you're actually working for. Because if you're working for better health, you might have that donut or that pizza or that beer half the amount of time that you would if you were just working for that donut or that pizza or that beer. You know what I'm saying? So you can say, okay, I am working out hard five times a week in order to have better health. And then although you feel like you've earned something, um, you know, on the unhealthy side, you might say, well, I'm not really working for this. I'm working for better health. And this pizza doesn't really align with that right now. Or at least I had one two days ago and it doesn't really align with what I really want. So I'm okay leaving it this time. And then all of a sudden you become in control, Yes. you know, and I think there's also more control that comes with the, I earned it mentality versus the, I deserve it. The, I deserve it is, is almost like it's sitting right in front of me. And I just am one, I'm either going to take it because I feel like it's mine or I feel like I have to take it because everybody else feels like it's mine. And so I deserve it no matter what versus I earned this and I still have the choice to consume this, uh, or not. So those are the two things that I think of when it comes to that mentality and how it can be a little dangerous. And I would um, go on to the mentality of, where was I going to go? Oh, what it aligns with. Like if you have long-term goals to live a healthy lifestyle, that sometimes that means having self-discipline, making the right choices here and now so that it does align with your long-term goals. So if you want to be healthy, you want to be active, you want to be able to run a mile, you have goals, whatever it may be, your marathon, whatever it is that's coming up, that when you come to those moments, like when there's something unhealthy in front of you, that you stay true and you stay in alignment with your bigger goals, that the day-to-day decisions become easier and you choose not to have it because you know that it's not going to fuel your body correctly. Like you start looking at it from a different perspective of food is fuel Mm -hmm. and how is this going to make me feel? Is Mm -hmm. this going to take me one step closer to my goals in the end as opposed to... I earned this. Right. And I think <clears throat> I'm trying to think of personal experience. It's one thing I've been trying to do more of in the show to solidify the things that I'm saying. But 
I think that another thing um, that that mentality tends to do is it takes the true enjoyment out of that thing that you are consuming. So I immediately thought of um, when I first started working out and I, you know, I really had, I mean, this was fresh after baseball, like college baseball. And that was over. I started working out and I was in the same level of knowledge as, oh, I worked out. Therefore, I deserve this piece of pizza or this whole pizza, you know, yeah. um, not understanding that I burned 150 calories in my weightlifting session, but this pizza is a thousand calories, right. <laughs> you know? So anyway, but it, it became, it turned into this thing where it was, okay, I worked out hard. I deserve this and I'm going to eat it, but I didn't really enjoy it. Whereas, you know, um, there might be a different, different situation where I'm going out to get wings with my friends and it's not so much I deserve these wings, so I'm going to eat them and stuff my face and soak it all up. It's more right. so, sure, these wings are not the most beneficial thing for my body, but it's also really good for my mental and emotional health, being around all of my friends, enjoying this food. So I'm going to enjoy a little bit of it, and I'm not going to stuff my face because I feel like I deserve it so much, so I have to just soak it all in because I'm entitled. Right. It's more so I'm just going to slowly enjoy this because it's allowing my friends and I to have a really good time, and I'm going to enjoy this food for what it is versus something that I have to scarf down because – I quote, apparently worked so hard for it. Um, somebody today said a little quote to me that I agreed with, that sometimes you have to feed your body. So food is fuel. Sometimes you have to feed your soul. Absolutely. And so that's what it comes down to. And that's nothing going from my own experience with bodybuilding. So bodybuilding, cheat meals, right? Yeah. Everybody's familiar with that. So yeah. it is like, oh, I've eaten so clean for <clears throat> six days, whatever, that now I deserve this cheat meal and I'm going to stuff all this food down my face. And it does become like, you don't enjoy it. It's more of just like consuming it. And it becomes this really unhealthy relationship with food. And I very. have been there. So I'm going to say that like, it it's a very, very unhealthy way to look at food to say, I deserve this. And as opposed to, I'm going to enjoy this or I earn this, like to have some more balance in your life and not so like, right. as you start to have balance in your life, work out when you want to work out eat food when you want to eat food. Like I was talking to someone else about like drinking. I hardly ever drink. I can remember every time I've drank in the last two years. Mm -hmm. Those times were memorable times. Like that was with friends that I was enjoying. Like I can remember each time. Like, right. and it was about feeding my soul. It was about enjoying myself. And it wasn't like, oh, I deserved it. There was, that wasn't a part of the thought process. Right. Um, so it's having a healthy relationship with food, with alcohol, with yourself, like knowing yourself, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you went there with the whole bodybuilding thing because – and especially with the balance because in that realm, they kind of brought the whole cheat meal thing, I feel like, to health and fitness, the bigger scope of health and fitness. They brought the I'm going to be so strict and then binge. Yes. And so <clears throat> regular people trying to get fit kind of followed that same thing. Yes, it's become very – Right. It's like accepted and – Right. Yeah, so anybody – Right. Any average Joe that's trying to lose 50 pounds is eating chicken, rice, broccoli, you know, Monday through Friday, and then they're going nuts on Saturday and Sunday. And I think what I was trying to get at here is uh, the balance is key because the balance is what is going to lead to that long-term success because that everyday Joe, they're not trying to get fit for one show. They're trying to get fit for life. And so – if they're going down a time of strict eating, losing a bunch of weight, and then adding more fat when they binge and going back and forth, back and forth, they've spent all this time, quote, dieting or, quote, watching their nutrition, but yet it's 30 years later 
and they don't know a lick about nutrition, how their body works with food because, and how it works with their lifestyle because they've never tried to find some sort of balance that works for yes. them, you know? Um, and then one of the other risks too, I mean, I love the new research that's coming out. It's showing like when people go through those cycles of losing a ton of weight and then binging, your body actually has the ability to add new fat cells. Right. That's it. Yeah. And so these people, not just competitions, but like I said, these people who are kind of living, living by the same, um, regimen will have that risk of gaining new fat cells. And then every time they go strict again, it's going to get harder and harder and harder to lose that body fat because there are now more cells ready to take up more energy and store more fat, you know? So, um, that balance is absolutely key. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've learned, uh, in, in my life too, because it's not just a balance of, oh yeah, I'm strict here and I'll binge there. It's no, no, no. How do I, f- how do I be 80, 20? How do I be 90, 10 with all this stuff? Right. You know? And it comes down to, yeah, again, like having control, self-discipline, like you're controlling the situation and what you enjoy. Like the food doesn't control you. Right. Yeah. I'm happy we went down this route, this route. Cause one thing I wanted to ask you to talk about a little bit, um, this is a surprise. I don't think we plan on talking uh-oh, about this, but, uh-oh. um, one thing that I, I see a lot of women having a hard time dealing with is figuring out how to reverse diet, for example, oh or God. eat more food, you know? So, uh, those of you listening, a reverse diet is, it's, it's just a, you know, a marketing term, but basically what you're trying to do is with strength training and nutrition, you're increasing your food intake, you know, over time, increasing your lean muscle tissue, increasing your strength. And what that does is that allows you to, at the end of the day or the end of the time period that you're doing it for, burn more calories at rest so fat loss is a little bit easier. Um, But that is a very challenging thing. And I think for for guys, I'll just speak in general terms, I would say for guys, most of them think, okay, I want to bulk. Let's go crazy adding all this food. But girls are like, if I have to eat another 50 calories, I'm going to gain 10 pounds, you know. So from a girl's perspective, how would you talk to someone that is coming to you for coaching, for example, mm-hmm. and says, hey, um, I know I'm eating 1,000 calories a day. I know that I'm not losing any weight, and I know that you want me to eat more. I just can't get over that hurdle. How would you communicate that to them? To Because you've gone through it, and also to just show them that, hey, you might not like what you're going to see at first, but at the end of the day, it's going to pay off. How would you talk to someone who is kind of struggling through that mentally? Um, again, the food is fuel. Like you're, you're not giving your body enough food for it to operate, for it to function. And it's holding on to fat. It's holding on to any energy that it can in your storing more fat. Um, and that you have to start increasing your calories so that you have a bigger engine. So you build your muscle. So you continue to build bigger muscle so that you can burn more fat, um, and taking it slowly, increasing right. it. Um, right. and I would say though, I'm going to step back and say like reverse dieting, Yes, I would look at it differently than going from. I guess it's it's not that different, but for me, I've struggled with reverse diet, dieting going through shows. I have struggled completely and have not stuck to it. And why is that? The whole restriction, like so, it's again having this unhealthy relationship with food of like being so restricted for so long, and then also not having that goal. So your why being huge when that why, if your goal in bodybuilding is to be on stage, to win, to cut down, to win your class, whatever it is. Once that why is gone, right. it's hard to stick to right. your goals. So mm-hmm. um, so that's where I have – I struggled reverse dieting every time I did a show um, because that goal is no longer there out in front of me. Um, 
being honest. So, yeah. um, but then it's your metabolism hasn't caught up. Like once you start throwing all those carbohydrates back in, throwing fat back in, if you start eating whatever you want, your metabolism hasn't caught back up. Um, so you have to slowly. Yeah, you have to the, do it slow. Yeah, you have, <laughs> it's not an excuse you have to, to stop yourself. Right. So you have to do it slow, allow your metabolism, your body to catch up and continue to increase, continue to build your strength and taking baby steps forward. Right. So. And that's, yeah, that's another, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing I try to um, tell a lot of people to do is you just have to shift your, you have to shift your focus, you know, because up until this point, this is an example person, but, you know, she's probably been looking at the scale weight, whether she's weighing herself every day, every other day, whatever it is. She's looking at the scale weight. Um, she's looking at other people on Instagram. She's looking at um, she's looking at how her clothes fit, how, how those how those feel, how her muscles are popping out. And it's like, okay, we got to change your focus here because if you keep looking at those things, this whole idea and plan of improving your metabolism is not going to work out. You're not going to get on board. So let's let's slow slow down a little bit and let's focus on your strength. Like, hey, let's not weigh yourself for a few months. I just want you to focus on getting absolutely stronger. Um, because this is what I do with most of my female clients that struggle with this specifically. And I say, okay, we're going to take our focus off of that. We're going to focus on strength. Let's let's set some personal best goals uh-huh. um, in your whatever exercises they enjoy, in your squat, in your bench, whatever. Um, find some strength goals there. Uh, and then once they do that over time, they get less focused on the scale. Then we send them back into the in-body scan to get their body comp tested. Right. And they're like, shit, I lost 3% body fat and I got three pounds of muscle. And you're like, told you. you right. know? So there's a little bit of buy-in there. You know? But it's, it's all about shifting that focus. And I get it too. You know, if I was in the same situation, it's, I mean, it's the opposite for a guy. You know, if you were to ask a guy, hey, you're going to have to cut down some calories a little bit because you're stuffing your face too much. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to get too tiny. You know, it's the same thing. You got to shift your focus somehow. And in that situation, when you're more lean, you actually look bigger. You know, so um, it's just sh- shifting that focus. So that is just one thing that came up. Um, I got it in my questions last week. Um, some guy was trying to pers- talk his wife into I getting, saw that one. Yeah, yeah. getting on this thing. And I'm like, man, you can't you can't make her do it, you know, no. um, but you have to shift the focus to those things that um, ultimately do matter. But they're they're not so micro and they don't uh, get you so antsy because they're not so numbers focused. Um, they're more, uh, what am I looking for? Oh, they're behavior based, you know, rather than numbers or outcome based. So that's what I always encourage people to, to shift towards. And I feel like it helps a ton. Yes. So not about losing weight. It's about building strength. Right. Absolutely. And the losing weight comes as a result of that too. Uh, and it's, and it's different for everybody because, you know, some people are in a place where they've struggled with their image for 20 years or there's just like, oh yeah, I've been trying to lose weight the last three months and. I'm not really enjoying the scale. You know, those are two different scenarios. Right. And um, some people do better seeing numbers and some people do not. Mm-hmm. Like some people get two in their head. Like, right. It's not just about not having numbers whatsoever. You just got to know where you're at. Yeah. You know, so some people can do a really good job of like using it as a tool, which is what I would want to get those people who are not good at it to eventually. But they use it as a tool to say, okay, based on my intake, based on my exercise, Based on my walking, this is the result of that. Versus, oh no, I gained two percent body fat. I am now a a fat, horrible human being. You know, because people do internalize that and they have their identity wrapped up in that instead yes. of just using it as a tool to say, okay, I just got to fix stuff a little bit. Yeah. You know. So anyway, I mean, and even then, like, I mean, clients seen results and it still comes back to 
yeah, clothes are fitting differently. Like, what's going on here? And it's like, well, yeah, th- things right. are going to right. things are going to change. Um, and, but yeah. how much stronger are you? Let's focus on the goals. Like, your goal was to gain strength, to lose body fat. You've lost a lot of body fat, but yet now you're complaining that you're close. Right. Oh. And the th- yeah, and the thing is, t- another aspect that plays into it as well is, for those of you guys listening, you have to remember that you see yourself every single day. You're not going to see the change that someone does when they see you every single week mm-hmm. or every single month. That happens all the time. Last week, it happened with one of my clients. She's been with me for three months now, I think. And um, up until this month, she's felt like she hasn't really seen anything change, even though body fat's going down, muscles going up. She saw some family friends that she hasn't seen in a while. And they were like, did you lose like 50 pounds or something? You know, And she was like, wow, I never realized how much right. different it looks because I see myself every single day. It's like, yeah, you don't see those those minute changes. No. So um, anything else that you wanted to talk about today? Mm, one question for you, maybe. Okay. That's going to be a, a not so fun one, maybe, for you. <laughs> okay. Um, so coming from my own perspective and what I do personally, like when I post on Instagram or I teach a yoga class, whatever it is when I talk on here, like practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. What is some advice that you give that you struggle with the most? Oh, that's a really good question. I that's why, yeah, that if question. you can answer that off, right right off. Because I even sat there and was like, I mean, there's so many things. Oh, yeah. Because everything that right I now. preach is something I'm working on myself. Like, yeah, absolutely. So there's um, so many. I would say, right, I would say the biggest one or the most common one for me is sugar intake. It is bad. Yeah, we've, talked. we've talked about that. It's horrible. Um, that is one, I, I wouldn't say I preach it as much as I preach everything else, but it is a huge aspect of sound health and I'm really bad with my sugar. Um, so that's one thing. Um, let me think while you, while I think what are, what's one that you thought of for yourself? Um, the, your fear of looking stupid is wasting too much time. Mm. Like caring, mm-hmm. caring too much about what people think. I care too much, way too much. When do you find that you care? Like it, just all the time? Or all the posting. time I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> working on it. Working on it always. Um, but yeah, like posting, like no, I'm not lean and cut and shredded right now, so I haven't been posting as much to Instagram. Right. Have I? Have right. I been posting as much to no. Instagram? No. No. Because why? Because I'm afraid of what people think. Where do you think that comes my... where do you think that comes from? Where do I think my... I want to dig deep here. Where do you think <laughs> that comes from? <laughs> what which part? The posting being, Instagram? Being, no, like... being afraid of what people think. Because we, we all do have that. I don't believe I truly don't believe that there are people who don't care because I feel like the people who don't ca- who say they don't care about what other people think, they want other people to think that they don't care. <laughs> and so they care the most. Right. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Oh, I think Hmm. That's a, I mean, there's so many things like expecting so much of myself, expecting perfection, like and I'm not there. So mm. um Yeah, it's, it's hard because it feels like there's always, no matter what we do in life and what we pursue, we always somehow get to the conclusion that there will be a state of arrival, but there never is. No. No, you know? right? Like You're always improving or you're always getting worse. There's just never a, I got there, now I'm done, don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. And never. it's putting yourself out there in the interim, like Absolutely. at any space. Like you and I have talked about the first time you did a podcast. Right. Was it going to be perfect? No, but no matter when you started it, you're always going to look back and be 100%, like, 100%, 100%. 
But then me, like, writing. I've been, re- like, putting off writing stuff because I constantly go back and edit. Like, co- I mean, constantly. I can go back and re-edit the same thing over and over and over. And uh-huh. be like, that doesn't sound right. Nope, uh-huh. now I have new thoughts. And, like, right. so, like, just put it out there. Right. Let go. Um, I thought of two more. I think uh, relating to that one before, because I don't want to completely switch the gears. But relating to that one, one of mine that I am not good at is... I tend to, I'm glad you asked this question. It's good to like dig deep. I tend to speak to the people that I look up to when I am creating health and fitness content. So like when I am speaking on the podcast, when I am writing, when I'm making a YouTube video, I am trying, like I find myself speaking to the individual that asked the question or speaking to the audience that would be reading a blog as if it, it you know, it is a group of the leading, you know, people in the fitness industry judging me versus this is someone who literally does not know what a macronutrient is. And they want one simple way to make things easier. And I'm trying to sit here and be like all analytical. Explain yourself to like. Right. And explain myself to the best when in reality there is, there's kind of like, there's no best and there's no worst. We all fluctuate, you know, in that spectrum at one point or another, but that is one for me. Um, that I have really, I'm really, really trying to work on and trying, and the, the dangerous part of that is, um, trying to find my own lane, you know, because you, you see it in music all the time. For example, um, someone will see it, will happen like an idol and they, they look up to that person. Next thing you know, they'll start emulating their music after that person too much. And they, you know, they unintentionally become a copycat basically. Mm-hmm. And they're therefore unoriginal. They don't make a name for themselves because they're just another version of the previous person that they look up to, you know. So it's I have to be very careful of that because that's when I thought of it. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't try to make this podcast sound like the podcast that I listen to just because the ones that I like sound really good. Yeah, that's not going to yes. work. I have to it's make huge. my own thing. Uh, sure, I don't have all the sound equipment. I don't have all of the same experience that some people do. I might not have the same budget to fly out the top people in the world to speak, but I am me and there are elements of me that those other people don't have. And I just have to, I don't, I might not even know what those are, but I just have to roll with it and, and hope and pray that they express themselves at one point or another. Well, and you have your own perspective, right? your own experience. It's yours and nobody else's. Right. And you have that to share. Yeah. Absolutely. And yours is honest. And that's what people. Yeah. That's a really good question. I like that one. Um, another one that I thought of going back to like a nutritional standpoint and just health and fitness in general is uh preparing so my life is i'm very blessed right now and i you know since i'm doing online coaching i don't have a nine to five job you know i can i can be at home and work i can grab food whenever i need to from home i don't really need to have anything prepared necessarily um but there are still times where i have not prepared and i fail because of that and i find myself putting you know a scoop away in the blender because i didn't make enough you know right steak that day which, yeah, Pro- <clears throat> protein is one of the biggest things to, like, when you're prepping, have extra protein. Yeah, because like, that's the thing that you it is the hardest to find no matter what. Yeah, right. Carbs and fat, find those anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> Literally right? and you anywhere. can fill up. And when it gets, when you get where you don't have anything prepared, that's what you're going to reach right. for. And right. so, yeah, having the protein. And that one's bad for me, too, because, I mean, I, my family, we hunt a lot, you know. So this last year, we got four different animals. Yeah. And so we have all this meat in the freezer. So I'm like, I literally have no excuse to not have no, all this yeah. meat made. You know, so that is one that is one uh, for me that is good. That's a really good one. I like and that one. Piggy back piggybacking off of that. Yeah. Um, as far as nutrition. Um yes. when it comes down to making good or bad choices, 
you go, whenever you make your grocery store run, like that's when you make your decision of what's going to enter your house. So you're making your decision one time instead of every time you're home and you reach for something. I love that. That you're not having to make that decision every single time that you already have made the decision the one time one or time. the two times that you go to the grocery store. If you go twice a week, whatever it is, yeah, you make the decision there. The store. Yeah. So you yeah. just make that decision then. And then you don't have it in your house. And then you buy the cut of vegetables, whatever, like whatever it is to make the healthy choices easier and you make the hard choices more difficult. So I love chocolate chip cookies more than anything in the entire world. More than anything. Are they allowed in my house? No. Do I have the ingredients to make them? Yes, I do. That's a whole other step. Right, but that's what you make the the choices, the bad choices, you make those harder. And then the easy choices, it's like, oh, like I have like my little energy balls or my egg muffins, whatever, right. like are there in the refrigerator. And I'm like, fine, I'll just have one of those. You're but setting it, yourself up to make better choices without all the temptation. Yes, yes, because when it comes down to willpower, how much willpower do you have throughout the day? Like right. are you going to keep denying those unhealthy choices all day when they're constantly in your face, when you're giving your kids whatever – Whatever it is, chicken nuggets, and you're like, oh, right. yeah, I want to enjoy these too. Yeah, yeah. And some mac and cheese. Well, and we and... have so many factors that play into that willpower. It's not just you feel strong at that moment, oh, I'm going to feel strong the rest of the day. Someone's going to call you at work and be a, you know, a total dick oh, yeah. to you, and you're pissed the rest of the day, and you want something that's going to make you feel better. You go home, how's your willpower then? Right. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And then because of that, you disempower yourself. I love that tip, though, because you're, you're really just, like you said, you're really putting yourself in a situation where you make one decision versus having to make a lot of good decisions out of 10 opportunities, you just got to capitalize once yes. and you're taking care of the rest of the week or however long you go grocery shopping. Right. What are some and other tips that you would give to people like grocery shopping wise? Don't go hungry, well, obviously. The, I mean, the typical like shop the outside, the outskirts of the right. grocery store. So right. as opposed to going down all the aisles where all yeah. the processed foods are. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Again, it's buying the stuff that's, you're going to spend more money on the pre-sliced vegetables or the frozen vegetables that you can just throw in your omelet, like, which makes it so easy. It's right. an easier, healthier choice. You may spend more money, but you're going to live a healthier life. Mm -hmm. So is it worth it? Mm -hmm. Or you're going to spend less time prepping. How much time, like, how much is it worth your time? Right. Talk, right? <laughs> you're good. Come After on. an hour, it kind of adds up. Um, <laughs> but another, uh, now that you said that, that reminds me of uh, uh, another point, and that is, uh, oh, crap. <laughs> you lost, can't talk lost, and I can't remember. That thought, thought. That thought went right just, through my head. Um, you talked about, oh, the, the cost. So sure, it's going to be a little more expensive to buy the vegetables and things like that. But personally, from my experience, what I've found is that if I get the easier stuff to have at home, I eat that stuff there. But then I think, I'm going to need something more nutritious and I'm kind of going somewhere. And so I'll just grab something on the way. Boom, $10 down the drain. So it's like really at the end of the right. day, which one's actually costing more? You right. know, it's when you go out and you make the poor decisions. That's what's going to cost more. Yes. Um, and then you have to factor in, you know, I mean, obviously this is if you live a lifestyle of horrible decisions one after the next, but you have to consider, you know, medical expenses. You know, yes. what's what's what are the decisions that you're making now? What are those going to turn into when you are 80 years old? Right. Because they will inflame and have a much bigger impact. You know, when you're age... 10 to 25, 10 to 30, you don't really have to worry about any of that stuff. But the more the, the negative choices that you make later on in life, they will have a bigger impact. And the negative choices that you make earlier will compound and they will express themselves in one way or another when you are older. 
you know, for example, like with this whole dementia thing, it's not, it's not just something that just happens, you know, when you're 80, it is something that, that they believe that has been working in itself, kind of manifesting in itself from your decisions as you were growing up, you know, what you were fueling yourself with, right. how you were handling your mental health, all that stuff. And so you have to take those factors into consideration. And one thing that makes it difficult is the concept of time. I found it a little easier now because I noticed that, mm, I'll say 20 something, 21, 22, I noticed that time was going a lot faster than when I was like 15. When I was a kid, you know, you're just riding your bike with your kids and you're with your friends. Right. And, you know, from 3 p.m. when you get home from school to 7 p.m. feels like an eternity. Forever. Yeah. And now someone says, oh, it's going to happen within the next five years. And you're like, that is fast. And when you're thinking when you're younger, you can't even imagine five years from now. You're like flying cars. What? You know? Yeah. So you just have to understand the, the, the repercussions of those, of those decisions or those con- the consequences of, of those decisions. But uh, that was a great question. And I still have one more thing. Oh, I'm let's so dish sorry. it. No, you're good. Let's, um, let's hear it. Coming back to still nutrition. Um, we all know donuts are bad for us, right? Like, Right. Is there, is there anything, is there anything, no. except for, I mean, yeah, feeding your soul, like right. when you're enjoying it, like Body having balance. fuel-wise. Fuel-wise, no. 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 But yet, we continue to eat those, or you continue to drink, or whatever it is. You continue to make those unhealthy choices knowing it's bad for you. Just like, you know cigarettes are bad for you, but you don't smoke cigarettes. Why do you continue to consume pizza every Friday night and beers all weekend? Like, why? Mm. Why is it? And it comes down to, so this is like another tip of like, your habits, it's because of your habits, like that you are bringing at home, that at your office, like you have this habit of like constantly walking around and grabbing a handful of whatever is in the break room. Like, right. And instead of going to the break room whenever you're hungry, like having a snack ready for you at your desk or mm-hmm. going for a walk around the office, like it's changing your habits to avoid those temptations. So, um, because habits, whether good or bad, they're hard to break. Yes. Yes. But yeah. And yeah, if you know that hey, every morning, like, I want something sugary and sweet. Like, it's changing that, changing that habit. Like, you know it's bad for you, so change it. Uh Break your habit, start a new one. Yeah, and before before we end it here, I want to flip it. That way we don't feel like we're horrible human beings. (laughs) What is something that you you preach that you are very good at practicing? Oh, to your own horn a little bit here. Oh, jeez. Don't be bashful. <laughs> oh, this is so good because I also was going to post something tomorrow about... About how good you are? About... About saying like, yeah, if you didn't, if nobody else like... If you didn't care what anyone else and you didn't come across as conceited, what would you say about yourself? And mm. so that is going to be on my IG story. Tune in. Tune, Tune in. in. Maybe this will be posted tomorrow and yep, then we'll all go. be together. <laughs> um, yeah, but I hadn't sat down and come through it yet. Um Huh. I'll speak for myself first while you while you mull it over. Yeah, mulling it over. Um, I th- I mean, it's I don't want to say it's a cop out, but it kind of is because I'm someone who's been training for a long time. But I I prioritize what's important very easily. It is there is nothing. Well, I don't want to say that. I don't know what could happen in life. Like if Kaylee got in a car accident. I'm not going to go to the gym and be like, oh, it's too bad. You know, <laughs> but yeah. in everyday life, like common occurrences, there's nothing that comes up where I'm like, I think I can skip out on my gym time. Like it is such a habit now. I've, I had to say no at the start, you know, when I first started getting into fitness, I had to say no to other things, you know, to tr- try to really hammer that habit in. But now there is literally nothing that will keep me from going to the gym. 
I mean, it is, it's stupid. I'm there right. every single day that I plan to be there, you know, and there's nothing that wavers. If I need to move it, I will, right. but I'm still going to make it in. Yeah. And so I think that's one thing that um, I've been, I've been good at and I've seen it bleed out into other aspects of my life because like you said, it's just a habit and it's consistency. You know, if, if I can easily get myself to go to the gym, to drive to the gym, um, do my workout, do my activation and then do my cool down and then shower there, come back. I mean, not just outside of workout time, you know, it's two hours, you know, or in addition to workout time, you know, it's two hours out of my day when I can be working on business stuff, um, podcasting, whatever it might be. Uh, and that has allowed me to create better, you know, more consistent habits with everything else because I've seen the payoff from that. Yeah. You know, so no matter, even if I, I mean, there are days too where I still don't want to go. Right. Like there are days where I'm like, ah, the gym sounds pretty sucky right now. Mm-hmm. And I still go. And so it's great. Right. And then once you get there. Oh. Right. Like all the challenge is getting there. Right. Like, once I do that first once set, you're I'm there, like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and then also it's such a release. It's therapy. Yeah. Like yeah. on the days that it's hard are probably days that you need it more. Yeah. And like, I always say that to myself. I'm like, as soon as I get there. Like, no matter how much I don't want to go, I know as soon as I get there and I start moving, whether it's not my best lift date, like, I'm going to feel better. Right. And I always do come through. Um, So I was going to say something similar. I was going to say discipline Um, and self-reflection. I think that um, I post, like, be honest with yourself a lot. Um, Get to know yourself better. And that I do, I take the time to reevaluate. Um, there's sometimes when I mess up and yeah, I'm not on the exact path that I want to be. And it takes time to set back, to journal, to reflect, to meditate, to do yoga, whatever it is, and check in with myself. Sometimes get real, give myself my own pep talk of, yeah, yeah why did I fall behind in a certain area? Or yeah, getting to the why, of why, why I failed at something or why I wasn't consistent with something like and be honest with myself. What so. have you What have you learned? Um, I, I should say, what have you learned that stands out the most about yourself with all this self reflection that you've been doing? Um, it comes down to mainly, um, like in January, I set, like, looked at who do I want to be. Like when I'm on my deathbed, on my dying, like Wolf. I'm dying. When it's when it's time, right? When it's time to go, who do I want to be? Like who right. do I want to be known as? What's important to me? And then like. I've posted it on my Instagram before, like, what's important to me, like, my family and mission statements, my own personal mission statement, mm-hmm. a mission statement around each value, and then, yeah, do my day-to-day goals line up to that? And, like, sometimes ego gets in the way, and I'm like, no, I'm going to make this happen, this can happen, whatever it is, and then I notice that things all of a sudden are, like, combative, like, things just aren't flowing, like, my life just starts to go kind of a different direction, and I'm like, no, I can make it happen, like, I keep, because I... I'm pretty structured. I'm hardworking. I think I can handle a lot. And so I'm always like, nope, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. And then when I reevaluate, it's like, okay, maybe this is something I wanted and I think I want it, but it's not lining up with who I want to be Mm. in the end. And so it is causing this tension and like just a disagreement like with inside me. And so nothing's flowing and nothing feels right. And so it's reevaluating, making a different choice and getting back in line with my long-term goals. Right, right. So – Dang, that's good. I love that. Yeah. Nice. Oh, cool. I didn't feel like I voiced that very well, but no, you're good. You're okay. good. You sounded thanks. great. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate thanks, it. We'll see you in a couple of weeks again, right? Yes. Love it. All right. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, 
I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So, if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom-tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this is the podcast. Thank you.